Amen. Thank you, Angela. Good to be here. Good to be in Richmond, Texas. Friendship Church. Can I just tell you before we start, we love your pastors. Don't you love your pastors? Come on, you got to do better than that. Right? Man, what awesome people they are and the passion they have for you guys and and just to want to see your church do great things. Uh, As Angela said, we are Jim and Melissa Couch. Our two daughters, Kate and Isabel, are with us today. We have the privilege of serving as U.S. missionaries through the Assemblies of God in the area of what's called church health. We also get to uh, serve South Texas uh, here in the district through church health as well. We love South Texas, and we believe that every community needs a strong and healthy church. In fact, strong churches will equal a strong America. Can someone agree with that and say amen? Strong churches will equal a strong America because people are looking for hope. They're looking where to find joy. They're looking where to find happiness. And as the local church, that love of Jesus that we have inside of us transcends to our community. And guess what? It'll begin to shape, reshape that community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do that through education. We do that through resources. We provide churches with things they might need. We do that through logistical uh, support as well. We do that through church transitional assistance. If there's a church without a pastor, we go in, we keep them healthy, we get a team together, and we keep that church moving forward, helping them get organized and moving on. Um, we do mentorships. If you, look, I always tell people our missions window is like, it's just so much stuff. But that's okay because God's called us for such a time as this. We did love our time in Texas City. We were there 10 years and we would have stayed there forever if it had been our way. But sometimes God has another plan, right? You know, some of you are sitting here going, yeah, I know about that, right? I was going to stay somewhere too forever, but God had another plan. But we're so happy to be here. And I want to dive right in this morning. My, my message comes by way of a question. And the question is this, what is standing in your way? Folks of Richmond, those who call Friendship Church home, and those watching online this morning, what is standing in your way? There are a lot of times we find ourselves, and we're going along, and guess what? Something gets in the way, right? It's your favorite time, right? When something gets in the way, don't you love that? We're trying to go somewhere. We're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to accomplish something. We've been given a challenge. We've been given a task, and we're going. All of a sudden, something gets right in the way. Can that be frustrating or what? Come on, it's okay to admit be truthful. You're in church this morning. It can be frustrating, right? You, you finally plan that date night, you're, or you're going to take your family out. You buy tickets to a show. You get there. You sit down in the seats. You're like, these are great seats. And a real tall person comes and sits right in front of you. Right? See, I was not blessed with tallness. Okay? I'm half German, half Italian. That does not equal tallness. You're right? You're going to be short. Maybe you're driving, you're late for work. Nobody here is ever late for work, but if you were, you're driving, you're trying to get there, and what happens? Something's in the way. We had that happen to us this morning. We were coming down 59. We were with Melissa's mom and Umbel. We drove down. We got past uh, to the south side, and guess what? Something was in our way. They were blocking the whole freeway. Couldn't go. It was closed. That never happens in Houston. I was surprised. Maybe it's traffic. There's another never happens in Houston thing, right? You're going, you're driving, and traffic gets in the way. Maybe it's finances that gets in your way. Maybe it's that job you've applied for, and you're waiting for that person who right now seems to be the one in your way, waiting to call you and say yes or no, right? It happens in life. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you it didn't, but it does. It happens a lot in life. 
My question this morning is, what is standing in your way? We try to stay positive. We really do. Oh, there's traffic. Yay. I can just listen to my radio more. And the inside, you're ready to just, you know, explode. We try to stay positive. We really do. But something always seems to be getting in our way, whether we're in our younger years or our elder years. We're going to be in the book of Joshua this morning, chapter 6, a story that many of you have probably heard. Maybe some of you haven't. That's okay. If this is your first time, I promise you it will be a story that you turn to time and time again. Joshua chapter 6, and we're going to open this journey this morning of the question, what is standing in your way, by reading these two verses starting in chapter 6 of the book of Joshua, verse number 1. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one went out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Verse 2 is what I want you to focus on. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Can you guys bow your heads this morning as we dive into this word today? Your Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be uh, in this place together, gathered for those that are here and those that are watching online. We pray that this word would speak to someone's heart today that may be having something that is standing in their way and they really are struggling by getting around it, God. Use this word, this scripture, Lord, to speak to our hearts this morning. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. And everyone said, I forgot to tell you, whoever said amen the loudest, Angela will be giving you a gift card for salt grass. You missed your opportunity, that's okay. You never know when it may come up again. Our text this morning is the setup for one of the greatest, I think, stories in the Bible where a group of people overcame something that was standing in their way. I believe here this morning there may be you who come in, who have come in or watching online and have said, yes, there is something standing in my way. And it could be a multitude of things. Everyone will have something different. For the students that are here today that are maybe nervous about starting school online, Maybe starting school back, you know, having to go back is a nervous enough thing as it is when things aren't COVID-related, right? Maybe that's something standing in their way. Maybe they're thinking, well, I, I, I did all this, and now it's going to be. Maybe it's something in your marriage, you know. We all watch the Disney cartoons, and we think, wow, that's like a happy ending. We want our marriages to be like prince and princess, right? Everything perfect. But marriage is marriage sometimes. Maybe there's something standing in your way from having that perfect marriage. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a, a frustration with someone in your family. Maybe it's a relationship. You know, we hear a lot is from churches who will say there's something standing in their way. They'll say, we want to outreach to our community, but such and such is standing in our way. We, we want to see more people come into our church, but there's always that something standing in their way. So you're not alone this morning. I truly believe through this scripture today, God has an answer for you on the thing that is standing in your way. So what do we have as we begin this story? We have a city. And it's got some very giant walls, right? And it says it's secured and it's barred and, and it seems that no one can penetrate it and no one goes in and no one comes out, right? I love the security commercials on TV where the guy, he's the crook and he's advertising the security system, right? This is, they didn't have that then, just in case you were wondering, all right? This is pre-all that. But the Lord says to Joshua, 
Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Notice what the Lord says here. He says, Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Now, if you're Joshua, right, we're all kind of like that, maybe a season. Joshua's a tough guy, smart guy, but he's probably looking and saying, see, I don't see anything except huge walls that can't be penetrated, that are barred shut, and no one goes in and no one comes out. That's all I see. You know, sometimes someone will speak a a positive word in your life and you'll say, can't you see? And you'll say, no, I don't see that. I don't see that. You got to remind you this morning that the Lord sees what we cannot see. The Lord sees well beyond what our human eyes see. And so it's the same with us. Like Joshua, we're focused on what's in the way. And can I just tell you something? That's what we spend too much time focusing on. What's in the way? See, the Lord's already telling Joshua, this is taken care of. You just have to now believe it and see it through your eyes. We focus too much on what's in our way instead of the things that are going to get us through the thing that's standing in our way. So I know what you're wanting to know this morning. Okay? I get it. We all have something standing in our way. As Christians, how do we get past it? What does the Bible say are some good resources? What are some good advice that we can use to get through the thing that's standing in our way? Well, here we go. Here's the first thing we've got to do. We've got to change our vision. Right? A lot of people wear glasses. A lot of people wear contacts, and you who are blessed and not have to wear any of that, man, I'm jealous, right? You know, especially in COVID with the mask and the fogging up, I'm like, I don't know, I can't see anything, right? We've got we've to change our vision. You see, our human eyes do us a disservice when something is standing in our way. It does. See, we're only designed to see what's right in front of us. Now, I know some of you sit out there and you try to spy on your neighbors in church, and you try to look. Without looking to the left, right, you try to gear your eyes, see who's here, who's got candy, who's talking, right? right? But, but we can't, we'd have to turn around in order to see behind us. If you can turn your head and look behind you without turning around, come to the altar right now, please. we got to have a talk, right? Our eyes do us a disservice, and we've got to change the way we look at things. Our eyes are only going to do so much for us. I know they got HD vision. They got all this great stuff out, right? But here is what we got to do when things get in our way. We've got to look at the obstacle, not through our eyes, but through the eyes of Jesus. We've got to look at the obstacle through the eyes of the Lord. He says, see, I have given this city to you, Joshua. We've got to start looking through the eyes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The enemy loves it when we focus on what's in front of us. He loves it when we just worry and we stress and all we do is spend time focusing on that very thing that's standing in front of us. He loves that. The enemy says, I got you right where I want. You're so focused on the problem and you trying to solve it that you're forgetting how great God is. You're forgetting all the things he's promised you. You're forgetting those around you who can speak life into you. You're so focused on the problem And then guess what happens? The problem gets worse because we start doing what? What ifs. And then the other words I love is, but, but what if, right? Especially, we do the what ifs, but then when we add the but in front of the what ifs, it's really bad. But, but what if 
We start creating scenarios and situations that don't even exist. And we, the problem that's really in front of us becomes much more worse. The enemy wants you focusing on the obstacle. But Jesus this morning says, don't focus on the obstacle. I can handle that. You just focused on what's next. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. So the first thing we've got to do, church, is we've got to change our vision when something is standing in your way. The next thing we have to do is we have to believe in the promises of God. Come on, somebody, believe in the promises of God. I know some of you, this is a very young group here, right? Come on, that's a compliment to everybody in case you didn't get that, right? But back, I grew up in the Assemblies of God. I grew up, my dad pastors in Fort Lauderdale. We used to sing a song, Standing on the Promises of God. Anybody remember that song? Anybody want to sing it this morning, all right? No, no takers on that. What's going on, right? But we've got to stand on the promises of God. It may not be in our timing or it may not be in our way, but when God promises something, he's going to do it. So when he told Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, it's going to be in the way he wants to do it, right? But what do we do? We say, now, God, I've got a financial struggle, and here's what I want. I want it done maybe three months at 5%. And then I want another four months. Let's drop the percentage rate to two. And then maybe we can get, get out of that balloon payment at it somewhere along. We start trying to draft up a deal with God. God's already got it figured out. We don't need to help him in this situation. So sometimes, I've been guilty of it. I try to help God along. I'll deal with a difficult person and I'll say, God, you know what you could do? You could just make them disappear. Now it would be great. And then the problem's solved. Right? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have admitted that this morning. This is going out, right? I didn't use any names. But it's amazing, our minds, you know what our minds do? We say, well, I'll believe that when I see it. Come on, you said that this morning, maybe today. I'll believe that when I see it. Don't we say that? God has promised you that he would take care of your finances, and you say, well, I believe that when I see it. He has promised that that the grandson or the son or daughter that you've been praying for is going to have that answer or prayer come, and you say, I'm going to believe that when I see it. We say that. Uh, we pray for churches. Church is going to grow. Well, I believe that when I see it. I remember in Texas City, you know, listen, church goes through. It's like, the, you know, it's kind of like the stock market, right? Church is like, woo, we have 450 people. And you know what we do as pastors, a little inside trick here? We use that number for the next eight years. We run 450 people. Happened one time, right? That's what we use. I shouldn't admit that, should I? I'm getting in trouble. Pastor Jason never does that. He sticks right to the thing. But we do. It's like the stock market. So people will say, will say, the pastor gets up in a church and he'll say, I'm so excited, right? We've had so many people on Facebook say they're going to be here. We're planning to have a full house. And you got people, you know, and unfortunately sometimes nothing gets people in the back, okay? Don't get me upset. No, I'm not getting upset. It's just but usually there's some people and they'll say, well, I believe that when I see it, right? Instead of saying, no, I'm going to stand on faith and I'm going to believe what the vision is and what God's going to do, Right? See, that that phrase, I'll believe it when I see it, it doesn't work when we serve Jesus. We've got to say, I believe it because I can't see it because my faith overrides my belief. My faith overrides what I know and what my human is trying to believe because my spiritual side is stronger than what my eyes can see. So we've got to change our vision. We've got to believe in the promises of God. And when something is standing in your way, the next thing we have to do and this is a hard one. It's the one that a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, you had me on one and two. 
But now you get to this one. We've got to listen to God. I know. I just, you, I went from being like, this guy's doing well to why did they bring him in? We've got to listen to God. And in all fairness, let's look at the situation here. Joshua is probably like, <laughs> okay, you say you've delivered Jericho into my hands. God, have you seen their wall? Have you seen that no one comes in and no one goes out? You know why? Because they don't, their gate is so, I mean, it, it, nobody can penetrate it. So even Joshua himself, kind of like you, when you're staring at that thing that's standing in your way, you're probably like, okay, what, what are we going to do here? So here comes the plan. Joshua chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, if you want to follow along. It says, march around the city once with the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpet, have the whole army give a shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Okay. Wow. That's the plan? This is Joshua. He's a mighty warrior. He's a tough dude. He's got an army. He's got, you know, uh, priests. He's got all this stuff. And, and this is the plan? I was thinking, man, we could blow something up. I was thinking, man, we could ram in something and knock it over and make a big scene and really announce that we're coming. But you want us to just simply walk? Our, our strong muscles, our talents, our abilities aren't even going to be used. You want us just to walk, Lord? Are you serious? Come on. Have you ever experienced that? You're facing something God's given you? A plan, and you're like, yeah, I'll get back with you 48 hours, Lord. Tell you if I sign that agreement. But we've got to listen to God. Because can I tell you, yes, when the plan is brought forth, you're, you're going to get, you know what you're going to get? What we really don't like. Opinions. When the plan is released, you start to get the opinions coming out. You get the opinions from your loved ones. And most of the time, they're pretty good, right? You know, sometimes your spouse might be like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. And you're like, well, that was God, baby. I didn't talk about it. Yeah. You start to try to blame it on somebody else. But then you know what else? Because the enemy is slick, remember. He wants you staring at your problem and, and what's face, standing in your way. But he also wants you to hear the opinions of people that are not for you. I know, shock, right, that there's people that aren't for you. In this world, we will have what? Trouble. We will have struggle. We will have people that don't agree with us. And to make sure that when God gives you a plan to get through the problem that you're facing, he's going to make sure that you hear the opinions of those that are against you. You know why he does that? He wants to try to discourage you. So the army, Joshua says, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. You know, tough dudes. Can you imagine sitting around like, we're just going to walk? And then imagine, you know, through Facebook, Jericho started hearing all the announcements, right? They saw on Twitter that, you know, this was the plan. Some of you are looking through your Bible like, Twitter? Really? It's that old? I never knew it was that old. 
But church, whatever God says, whatever plan he gives you, whatever he tells you to do when you're facing a problem, it's not time to analyze the plan. It's not time to make changes to it. You simply fall in line and you do what God is asking you to do because he sees things we don't. He knows things we don't. He even smells things we don't. He knows exactly what we're facing. He is not threatened. He is not surprised by whatever it is that's standing in our way. He will simply tell us exactly what we need to do. And the problem is we try to add our flair to the plan. Right? Joshua could have tagged all this. Oh, yes, we're going to march around. We're going to play the trumpets. And we're going we're gonna to play the trumpets. We're not going to say anything. But on the seventh day, we're going to go seven times around. And, but, you know, maybe we should all wear the same color or something. Wave a flag. No, it's not part of the plan. Stick to the plan. So we change our vision. We believe in the promises of God. We listen. And number four this morning. Now, here's another doozy. This is where I tend to lose some people. We've got to obey, church. I know some of you said, I wish my kids could hear this. We've got to obey. When we can begin to see how God sees, and we begin to believe in the promises of God, and we begin to listen to exactly what he's telling us, we get the privilege to obey our Lord and Savior. And can I tell you that we cause ourselves a lot of trouble when we don't obey. I'm guilty of it. We cause ourselves a lot of unnecessary time, stress, worry when we don't obey. So Joshua, verse number six, son of Nun called the priests, and he said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Have the seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark. He gathers the army. He has a big powwow, right? He gets everybody in line. So here's, right? The army's, the army's for Joshua. The priests are for Joshua. Everybody's there. They've got to take down Jericho. Joshua has a promise from the Lord that he's going to do that. So Joshua lays out the plan. Everybody's like, okay, so day one. They're kind of excited. They get up. It's like when you start a diet. You're excited. You get up. You got everything prepared. You're ready to go. You're sugar, I could do without that. Right, you got this. Right, so day one is good. They march around one time, boom, they're back at camp. That wasn't so bad. We got some laughs. We got some people yelling at us, but, you know, that was good. Day two, same thing. March around one time, right? Come on, we can do this, right? Think about the diet. Day two, you're like, okay, I'm doing good. I got this. So the armies, the priests are marching, the trumpets are playing, you know. Nobody's shouting. Don't anybody say anything. And can you imagine what it's like getting a bunch of people that love the Lord not to say anything? I mean, have you been to a Pentecostal church lately? Right here, right? I don't know about it. I'm sure it's the same here as it is every Assembly God church in our South Texas district. But, like, the lights will be off. The air will be off. Everybody, and you guys are still hanging out, talking and wanting to hang out, right? That's a good thing. That's fellowship. So day two, they're going to march around one time. Boom, we got this, right? One too bad. My, my legs are getting a little tired, but we could do this. Day three. Oh, man. We got to do this again? Are you sure, Joshua, you heard God correctly? Are you sure he just wants us to walk? Are you sure he just wants us to march around this thing? We're not to say a word. We're to wait, right? Day three. You know, it's like the diet. Day three, you're like, okay. Thank you, honey, for bringing pizza in the house. It's not helping, right? You're trying to be good. It's getting harder, right? So imagine day four, it's hot. They go out there, they're like, oh, are we? Day four starts the doubts. Is this, is this even really what we're supposed to be doing? 
I mean, you know, you start to get the stragglers. The people that were at the front of the line are now kind of midway back. I don't know, man. I think Joshua ate chili or something. He didn't hear right from the Lord. March around this thing. I mean, we're fierce warriors. Let's just go and take care of this wall. We're just going to march? And, 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 and they need to play something different on the trumpets. It's getting old, man. Come on. Right? Imagine day five. Man, it's hard. Because you're trusting the Lord. And imagine from a leader's point of view, Joshua. Much like your pastors. Sometimes it gets really hard. And sometimes they're marching. And they know everybody's with them. But they look back and they go, oh, they're getting tired. They're getting doubts. They're wondering, well, why did we put them in here? What are we doing? Right? They didn't pay me to say this this morning. I'm just being, I'm just being truthful. Right? Jason's, Pastor Jason's at home cringing right now, right? He, he didn't ask me to say this. I'm just being, we do leadership training. I, I, I get it. We have experienced it in our church. I, I get it. Everybody's for you. And then, you know, it starts to kind of, that's okay. You as, as, as the, the church, you are the church. Sometimes you're like, is this right? I mean, so day five is hard. Right? Imagine day six. They know something's going to happen different the next day, but day six is probably the toughest, right? I mean, they're dragging. They're like, are we really doing this? Are we really just marching around this thing? This is ridiculous. These people are laughing at us. This wall's not going to come down. There's no way. I'm tired. I can't make it. Verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak. They marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except... On that day, they circled the city seven times. But on the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So what did they have to do? They had to obey. They had to obey. They had to change their vision. They had to stand on the promises of God. They had to listen to God, and they had to obey. So are we obeying what God is asking us when it comes to the things that are standing in our way of how he wants to handle it? Because I promise, if you can take these few things this morning, if you can change your vision and start looking at things through the eyes of the Lord, and you can, you can begin to stand on the promises of God. Remember, church, what God has promised you. The devil will try to convince you otherwise, but you tell the devil to take a hike because what God has promised you holds true. It may not be in your timing. It may not be in your way. But that's better because we have a tendency to mess things up. If we can listen to God and we can obey, what happens next is the best part. And it's victory. It's victory. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, and everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. The walls came crumbling down. The, the, the army inside didn't know what was happening. It was a miraculous event. It didn't take Joshua and his men's uh, muscles to knock the wall down. It just simply took them obeying. And the wall came tumbling down. I bet you Joshua had a new motto after that. Right? It would come much later, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He printed t-shirts. That became the army's outfit. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I remind you, church, this morning that whatever is standing in your way, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Change your vision. Stand on the promises of God. Listen to God and obey. And I promise you, I've lived it. I've seen it. I promise you that God will see you through. I'm bringing this in for landing so the worship team can go ahead and come. I don't know what you're here with this morning. I don't know what's plaguing you today. I don't know what challenge you've been tasked with. But I want you to hear me today. Christ will give you the strength to do all the things in your personal life, in your work life, in your family life, and in your church life. What God needs today is fearless leaders leading a fearless church who's willing to do whatever it's going to take to proclaim this gospel message that saves lives. And so God is going to provide that for you, but we just have to kind of adjust our thinking. And I know it can get discouraging. I get that. I remember when we were at Texas City and things, can I just say, I mean, we had some rough seasons, but in our 10th year, things were going really good. And right, it was like, all right. And and, and I was surprised because I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, yeah, things are going good. And God says, "Um, listen, I know you've been doing this church health thing with the district for a few months, but yeah, it's going to take more than just some part-time work. We need you to do it full-time. Oh, and by the way, I need you to go on the mission field, and you're going to have to raise a budget, and you're going to have to go and travel a lot, and and you're going to have to go in some really messed up churches where everybody doesn't like each other, and you're going to have to encourage them and get them all liking each other again. What? Come on. God, I worked so hard to get this church. God has a plan for each and every one of you. And all he's asking you this morning is to be obedient to him. Listen, the Easter story. After it was all over, Jesus had risen, and he sends the disciples to do a a major task. Go and proclaim this gospel. But don't worry, I'm going to send a comforter to help you. Can I tell you, church, that that comforter is still here? In 2020, the power of the Holy Spirit is, is evident. And I got to be honest with you, with the times we're living in, we better grab hold of it. And we better allow its gifts to be used, and we better allow and just begin to hear what he wants to tell us. Because we're, you're gonna, you as a church and your pastors are going to minister in ways they've never ministered before, and they already have. And that's okay, because they're not changing the gospel. They're not changing the power of the Holy Spirit. They're simply changing the way the message goes out. And in the early church, remember what gave them, remember what was standing in their way? How can we be the early church? I'm a fisherman. I mean, come on. But the Holy Spirit. So the doubt that was standing in their way, the Holy Spirit got rid of. And what does it say? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by apostles. 
all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions. They gave it to anyone that had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily each who were being saved. Does that not like sound? Yes, it's the early church, but it's today's church. And I know COVID has shaken things up. But can I just tell you, Friendship Church, you're doing a great job. Don't get discouraged now. You're doing a great job. Pastor Jason, Angela, you're doing a great job. Worship team, you're doing a great job. Media, you're doing a great job. Those running the cameras, those that clean the church, those that serve in ministry, those that are with the kids, you who call yourselves the members who are here supporting and being, you're doing a great job. I'm not trying to end this by being a motivational speaker. I'm just being honest with you. You're doing a great job. Yes, it's hard. But remember, we know how to take care of what's standing in our way, don't we? So this morning, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes, I want to close in prayer, and I'm going to turn it back over to the team and let them close it as they see fit. But if you're here today and you have something standing in your way, I don't want to know what it is. Your neighbor doesn't need to know what it is. This is between you and God. I just simply want you to raise your hand and say, yup, I have something major, something maybe not so major. Maybe it's just a little problem, but I have something standing in my way, and I want to take on these things this morning that we learned about and what they did with the walls of Jericho, and I want God to help me get through this. If that's you, just slip your hand up real quick. Come on, real quick. Yes, amen, 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 amen. Thank you. Come on, amen, amen. God knows what's in your way, right? Don't leave here as stressed as you came in. Don't leave here with the same worry that you came in. God's got it. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that? God's got it. Let's pray. Your heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you see what is standing in our way. Maybe it's something in our health. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's in our relationships. Maybe it's in our church. Maybe it's something with our schools or our, our community or our business. Or maybe it's something with a family member. Maybe it's something that we're holding on from the past that we haven't let go. Maybe depression has set in. Maybe loneliness has set in. Maybe joy has fled. Maybe fear has come in, and that's what's standing in our way. This morning, Lord, I declare that victory would reign over your people today in this place. And, Lord, we just love you today. We thank you for your promises. Lord, help us to change our vision. Help us to stand on those promises that you have already spoken to us. Help us to listen and help us to obey. And victory is what's next. So I declare victory in this house today. And we give you all the glory. And we give you all the praise. And everyone in this place said, amen, amen. Someone give that Lord a hand clap of praise this morning.